So delighted now to be joined by Kieran Shannon to look back on the All-Ireland semi-finals over the weekend, uh, a Galway Kerry final, which we'll have on the 24th of July. Uh, Kieran, Kieran, obviously, you can't start anywhere else than Sean O'Shea is free. <laughs> yeah, look, it was just one of those moments that will go down. It was a I was there moment. Um I was in the Devon end, um, I suppose the far end, but in line with the kick. And you were thinking that it was possible. I, I never put it past O'Shea, I, I, but I wasn't sure he'd make it. I, with O'Shea, I would have seen him first really up close in 2019. Um, there was obviously a lot of expectation about this crop of Kerry players. Keane got the job from Fitzmaris. You know, they had disappointed in the Super 8s in, in 2018. Um, but in 2019, I went down to Killarney for the su first Super 8s games. And that was actually, the Wimbledon final was on that day. And the Wimbledon final was on, but the difference between the opening game of the Super 8s and an All-Ireland semi-final because of the split season. But... So three years to the day, I saw O'Shea take um, down in Killarney, the famous game where David Moran ripped into Aidan O'Shea at the very start, right? And the game was about 10 minutes old and Kerry were just dismantling the Mayo kick-out. Clark, who was obviously a two-time All-Star, uh, outstanding goalkeeper, but he was under serious pressure with the press Kerry had on that day. And he kicked the ball over the line. And O'Shea had a line ball and I was right behind him about four rows back. And I said, no way, like, no way he's going to make this. And he nailed it. It was, it was Morris Fitz. Like, no, it, it, it wasn't as important because it was only 10 minutes into a Super 8 game. Their season wasn't on the line the same way. But after that, I said, I, th these guys are for real. This, this crop of young fellas and, and Shea included. Clifford had already won an All-Star in 18. I said, like, these guys are for real, O'Shea is for real. So I was never putting it past them, but still, to do it, look, I mean, it is different, and, and people, I've, I've heard it said it was the best kick in Crow Park. I mean, it's all relative. I mean, the year before, Robbie Henley had, a, from 46, 47, was it, was it 46, 47 metres, to keep Mayo season alive, you know? Um, yeah. As opposed, there's a difference between having to kick to equalise and a kick to, you know, and, and keep your season alive and one to win it. So in a way, he was, um, he wasn't under as much pressure, but considering the extra distance, uh, considering he was an outfield player who had been running around, and look, in light of what was in, I mean, would Kerry really have fancied extra time in light of their previous two championships had been, had, had finished in extra time. It, it was a massive kick. Um, so it was it was a privilege to be there. And look, the whole occasion, I mean, I, I remember at the start of the year being asked to write for the paper, what event in 2022 are you looking most forward to? And I said July the 10th. I wrote about how July the 10th, because there is no weekend where you're, you're more likely to get a great game of ball than the All-Ireland semi-final and all the more so when it's Dublin Kerry. Um, we were hoping to see them play at some point over the previous two seasons, championships. It didn't happen. 
but it, it, it happened and look, it, it didn't disappoint. While maybe not quite as exhilarating as the semi-finals of 13 and 16, it was still compelling and, and, and thrilling. And it, because of the nature of the finish, as you say, it, it goes down as a classic. I suppose isn't there a bit of a, I suppose, I suppose similarity when you look at what Clutson, I suppose, done to Kerry in 11. Uh, I mean, absolutely. I mean, the, the, you, were, you, were, you were glimpsing at the, at, the, at the big screen and there's that moment um, from the footage of 2011 where the camera pans quickly to, to Jack O'Connor and the worried look on his face, you know, Jeez, we're going to lose the All-Ireland here. Whereas it, it shot to him both before and after the last day. And here he is on the right end of a free of, of Dublin Kerry. So there, there are huge overlaps. I suppose two weeks' time will decide and, and, and the next few years will decide was it as pivotal or is it more a Henley moment uh, which doesn't have the same uh, standing in light of Mayo not finishing the job last year, which, you know, O'Connor alluded to in, in his press conference after. So, yes, we looked like it could be a change in the guard because there was definitely that sense in 2011. Now, we did not know that Dublin would go on to dominate that decade the way they would, but there was a sense, I remember in the examiner, us looking about the ramifications, historical ramifications of that. And it was that um, the Gooch team as such um, would be doing well to win in All-Ireland in the next five, in, in, in the five years that followed. And that's exactly what happened. So uh, what that game signified was it was the, at the time right away, we, we sensed that like Kerry were the team of the 2010s along with Tyrone. Uh, you can uh, argue the toss about, you know, who was ahead of who or by how much. But like Kerry defined, uh, they were in six consecutive finals in that decade. Um, 2011, that was it. And Dublin went on. I suppose what we're seeing is, is could there be another All-Ireland in, in Kieran Kilkenny and crew? Possibly, but possibly only the one. Uh, and look, you have to say Kerry are probably set up well. If they win this one, they could win. I mean, you're looking at O'Shea and Clifford the other day and you're saying like they're still only 23 and 24 respectively. Um, it's frightening. Um, O'Shea and Clifford, you talk about 23 and like the two of them. But for you, who's more important? Yeah, I mean, it's funny. It's, it's one of those ones where it's... Um, it's one of those ones where it's... Uh, I know Tony Lean and the examiner with us uh, leans more towards Shani Shea, the way that he would have leaned a little bit more towards Declan than Gooch. Look, that's the tandem you're talking about. I mean, Kerry just can throw up these forwards where there's historical predecessors and they're following the lineage. And, and that's the natural tandem. Um, I, I, I believe Clifford is from another planet, right? <laughs> O'Shea is a world talent. Clifford is extraterrestrial, man. Like he, he's just doing things we've never seen before. So I would go Clifford, but I mean, like it's 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 Kobe Shaq stuff. Like it's it's 
you know, for two guys, talents like that to be on the same team, it, it's just, uh, it's astonishing. And um, that is what, and, and they're both level-headed. Um, they both now have had their scars, you know, they've had their disappointments, but, you know, but look, you know, we're going to be talking about Galway in a bit and, you know, Damien Comer from your own part of the world. I mean, I remember Damien coming along on stream, you know, seeing him in 2015 with the under-21s and, you know, that was seven years ago. He's the 21-year-old is now the 28-year-old and that guy has had the, the setbacks too. So, and, and, and himself and Walsh, that's a talent tandem that, you know, would feel that this is the moment too for them. And so that's what is one of the exciting prospects about the, about the final that's ahead. Um, but, you know, O'Shea and Clifford have those extra few years and um, they're right now, um, they're absolutely, you know, entering their prime now. Um, and, and last Sunday, what I admired about it was, like, you got to remember Clifford won the free. Clifford won the free. He did as much as he was, um, you, you know, obviously quieting down, didn't have the quite the same um, impact on the game in the second half. He ultimately won the free that, you know, set it up for Shawnee. So um, he also had a, an impact when it came to winning time, along with O'Shea, obviously. And just for Kerry, like, to get over a tight game like that, because hadn't beaten Dublin since 09, and they, they have fallen out semi-finals in the past like like for this group how significant is it to, I suppose get over a game like that when things were really going against them and like there were, you could you could maybe see for some players there was a bit of doubt creeping in because I suppose in the past carrying these games haven't come out the right side yeah they have lost games of these nature look I, you know it was it was hugely important no Again, going back, look, we thought it was a huge thing for Mayo. I just think Mayo didn't quite have the same level of talent as Kerry have now, along with, um, you know, they played into Tyrone's hands tactically, um, while Galway will have plans that will challenge Kerry's brains trust. I expect that Kerry's brains trust to be able to respond. So it's not quite like for like, but there could be similarities. The result will decide. I mean, Look, what is kind of forgotten is um, Kerry have, um, they have occasionally won quite big games, you know, like I mentioned, okay, it wasn't due for die, but, you know, they got to a final in 2019, putting the smackdown on Kerry and Killarney, or on Mayo and Killarney, beat Tyrone in a semi-final in 2019. But in light of um, not closing the deal when they were in a winning position in 2019, Obviously, the Cork game uh, in 2020, and then look the Tyrone game. But I, I do believe there are other variables at play in those defeats. Um, a huge one, I do think, last year was the, just that five week layup. Kerry were in, in, in an incredible rhythm last year between league and championship blitz and Munster, but then they had a five week layoff. Uh, whereas they were the the layoff they did have this year came at the right time. Um, they were playing a jaded Mayo team in the quarter final, and then two weeks is the rhythm that really suits them. So 
there, there, there's uh, quite a few variables, but look, in light of, the, look, when, when it went 112 each, when Kilkenny got that equalizer, you were thinking, you know, carrying, carrying, this is, you know, they could potentially choke here. That You know, the echoes of the, the last two years could come back here. But in fairness, I think a huge play, you have to admire them. They went for, like, we, we have seen a couple of teams, you know, happy to go into extra time. Ryan got the kickoff off. They worked it. They got it to Mur Paul Murphy, and he kicked that ball down the line. You know, he wasn't afraid of a turnover. Um, he trusted his judgment, and he got it too, as we said, the, the man, Clifford, and they won the free. So you got to admire that level of composure. I, like, I sometimes think it's forgotten how Kerry did score the last three points of the game against Tyrone last year. They were caught by goals, but... Look, they've worked on all aspects, particularly defensively. You're not going to get three goals against them again. Um, some of the turnovers, when when Dublin had, after the Costello goal, got back into it, they, that Kerry defensive system did force some huge turnovers from the likes of Small, uh, McMahon and Lehif. And, you know, in a way that they weren't churning it over that way against Tyrone last year. And um, so, look, I think they've just marginally made, um, yeah, strides. So to answer your question, I, I think it, 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 it could be huge for them psychologically to have won a close game back in Crow Park. And they're all in favour for you, I'm presuming. Look, yeah, you, you have to, but I'll be honest, the gap between them them and the rest of the pack or themselves in Dublin and the rest of the pack that you would have sensed after, let's say, you know, Dublin's first round performance against Wexford, you, you realise that these guys are back. Um, it's closed, you know, the other side of the draw, particularly Armagh and, and, and the Galway side. Um, I've been hugely impressed with Galway uh, this year. Um they strike me as a team that are just really well coached. Um, but between the likes of Divoli and, and Keane O'Neill, you have to give it to Keane. This is the fourth team he's brought to in All Ireland, you know, and it, that is massive credit to him. And ten years ago, he he brought a Mayo team to an All Ireland against Donegal, and I just. I just think again, there's possible, there's 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 a possibility that just Kerry are further down the line, um, but as much as the core group of the four or five of that Galway team were around in eighteen when they were having a great year prior to um, the last week off that championship, but um, the core of them haven't been quite together as much, and there's a possibility that it's come a little too soon. Or um, uh, but actually, I really like the look of Galway, and I could see them being a team that will be in the last four, you know, three of the next five years at least, and 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 that this won't be the last All Ireland final they're in. It's the first the county's been in in twenty one years, but I like that age profile of the team, and you've got to give it to Joyce. He he looked under pressure last autumn. There were rumblings that um, 
the the, the setup was off uh, compared to where it needed to be. Um, but he he made the adjustments and he retained belief in himself and that group. And um, they are a proper team because they, they know how to defend and they know how to attack. And they're a hugely athletic team and uh, they'll give Kerry their fill of it. Uh, you just have to fancy Kerry just ultimately because of they've been um, they've been building towards this for years now. Um, and, and, and just, again, the absolute X factor that, that is the two boys up front, so O'Shea and Clifford. Just before we do finish on that match, like, um, Dublin, like, you'd have to say all is not lost. They were without Conor Callaghan um, and that game, I suppose, uh, carried in, in the end, but, like, like it still was laid on there for the taking for Dublin. I mean, you consider, like, Con is such a vital player. Uh, like, I mean, look, Khan's a game changer, and and I look again. You you often hear this. Um, you need luck to win in All Ireland, and you could say the biggest break for Kerry, one of the big a break, is um, O'Callaghan's unavailability. Um, if O'Callaghan is there, Dublin probably get a second goal. Um, you know, but. Going back to Dublin, like it's funny, that is the making of Shawnee Shane, right? Um, that moment will live into the memory the way it is. But it's funny, O'Shea, O'Shea won a match, but if he scores that penalty, he possibly retires a, a generation of Dublin player, a, a, a profile of Dublin player. Uh, because if, if he scores that penalty, Dublin Kerry potentially win that game by eight to ten points. Just, just on um, the penalty, I presume you're along the lines of most people around the country that it's no way a red card. No, I, I don't think it was a red card. Um, absolutely, the right foot going in was, was for a loose ball. Um, the left foot didn't look so good. Um and, and you could see if 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 there was uh, which there isn't in our game a look back you, you know he, he could have been cited for a yellow card in that circumstance but I, I, I like the definitely he pulled on the ball legit the first time and uh, a, a red card would have been excessive um it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a poor enough penalty it was a good save by Comerford. obviously it was a bit disappointing um from a rules perspective, it was something a few of us would have flagged when the black card came in first. Um, that it was privy, it, it, it was open to being abused. Like Comerford did feign injury to kill three minutes at least off, off that um, to allow Small uh, get back in to, to reduce the amount of time they were down to 14 men. Like there should be... Um, a way that that is that the referee factors that in and small should have been kept waiting for at least another two minutes uh, on top of that and um i think there's i think there's a several things that the ga should be looking at let's say on an incident like that alone i think there's a look i, I think there's a huge case for interchanging interchangeable subs at this stage just in and out like you would have it underage uh, like you have in a sport like basketball or Aussie rules and international rules. If Evan Comerford isn't ready to, to, to 
if he doesn't feel it, if Evan Comfort isn't ready to take the, uh, to stand in for that penalty, let it go on ahead without him. Um, but look, he because that isn't in the rules, he took advantage of it. You could argue it was great game management awareness and smarts. And it was a great save, albeit it was a poor penalty. Um, but going back to your thing about where the dubs are at now, all of a sudden, because they survived that part of the game and they pushed Kerry to all the way and may well prove to be the toughest game Kerry have in the championship. Um, I think Desi now is, if Desi wants an extra year, at least he'll get it. He's probably best positioned um, because the, the transition has started. This year was a proper transition. Um, so, I think it was 50 players he used this year, which is frightening. I think, sorry? I think it was 50 players he used this year. Yeah, he used a lot of players. Look, I mean, you're looking at here. Look, I don't think this Kerry team, while they have, as we said, special talents and they've grown, is this Kerry team better than, let's say, the Kerry team of 2016? Um, I don't it's probably not the case um, it's just that Dublin have come back to the pack um, but because just the sheer um, when you do think back on, on the talents that Dublin had starting up front and coming off the bench I mean like uh, I would have, I would have obviously, like I, I wrote Bernard Brogan's book and would have followed closely the last few years of his career, you know, um, and uh, like a Brogan was struggling to make the the match day twenty six, he was, he, you know, even in twenty seventeen, he didn't start the twenty sixteen replay, uh, final replay against Mayo seventeen, he was just uh, an a uh, bench player, scores five or six points from play in a Leinster final and can't start, you, you know. You look at Dean Rock. D Dean this year was essentially, you know, you often hear this term, um, you know, carrying someone for freeze. That that's where Dean is at at the moment. You know, like while well, he's been always primarily a free taker, and look, he, last Sunday was the first time he missed a free in championship this year. His, his scoring rate and return from freeze this year was ridiculous. From play, he like he wasn't even coming on the loop, moving like he did before. Um, like, in other words, in the Gavin era, Dean is doing well to make the 26 or definitely to come on and be their last sub. So uh, Dublin do not have anything like the punch that they've had. Um, so they will be looking, look, it, it will, they possibly will lose one or two. That's just the nature of this. There's always one or two that go. You can't say exactly which of them will be, um, but they're, they're, you could name five players and, and think that they're going to possibly lose one or two. But, you know, the Fenton-Kilkenny axis is still historically all-time and, you know, they are still among two of the best operators in the country. At least one of them will get an all-star. I mean, I, I think... I think Kilkenny has to, again, he's just phenomenal. And I thought that was a lovely touch where Jack O'Connor actually made a point of going over to him and to, and to congratulate, stroke, commiserate with him because how Kilkenny, um, you know, those points that he produced in the last 10 minutes was just um, a man who just refused to die, will to win, 
thriving under pressure, to me, it sealed his greatness. Um, and they, when they have him in their ranks, they're, look, they're going to be a top four team. I suppose if you add James McCarthy to that list as well, I suppose the big question will be, will he stay on for another year? Because I suppose that point to bring them back into the game was remarkable. Oh, it was a great score. It was a, it was a brilliant score. Uh, I was talking to someone during the week and they said it was more um, it was more like a, a Lee Keegan Mayo score than a Dublin score. You know, it was usually outside their range, but you know, they're quite not where they were, the, the way that Kerry system was. But McCarthy felt the moment needed it and it was within his, he had it in the locker and what a moment to produce it. And yeah, like McCarthy is someone who, look, no one has ever won a ninth All-Ireland in Gaelic. Um, and I suppose that might factor in. He, he, he Look, he loves the game. He's with a very good club and they feel that he, you know, a, a lot of players like to think that they maybe give a couple of really good years to the club while they have it, rather than, you know, going back to the club and, and they're spent from what they gave to the county. McCarthy has those things affected, but look, is there a doubt whether he can perform at that level? There isn't. And considering the injuries he had and him not being available for the car game and, and, and to just, you know, suit up like that and give a performance like that, just a warrior of the highest order. I, I think we're blessed to have in the past decade to have seen uh, himself and Lee Keegan have to be two of the best that have ever played the game, let alone, you know, in the positions they play. And um, McCarthy's greatness, like Kilkenny's, was, was again, I was making the point in the paper today, like like Gooch's second half or first half performance in the 2013 semi-final between Dublin and Kerry, uh, it elevated his greatness to another level, even though he was on the losing team. Uh, so yeah, McCarthy, outstanding last Sunday and throughout his career. Kieran, um, an interesting subplot for the final um, that maybe is coming under the radar and people have forgot about. Paddy Talley was the Galway coach under Kevin Walsh. Mm. Keane O'Neill was the Kerry coach. Very good point when you put it like that. And um, like Paddy would have been involved with Galway as recently as three years ago. Um, Keane's last involvement with Kerry would have been 2015. So there's been a significant turnover personnel. And both teams are set up differently because of the additions um, of those coaches. Um, but it, it's, it's an, you know, they will know the psyche. And the big thing is, is they know how to prep for this stage, this time of year. Like Paddy was involved in all three with Tyrone, 2010 with Down. And now, you know, like he was, God, we got to a semi-final in 18. But he, so he's been around this area. And then Keane, as we said, has been, was involved with three or four finals with Tip. You know, one with Mayo, two with Kerry. Um, so yeah, they, they they know both the the occasion and the opposition very well. So that is an interesting um, that is an interesting uh, angle, all right. Um, even if they hadn't previous with the of with the with the opposition, uh, what they have brought, let's say, 
to the game so far to beat the opposition they have. I mean, they both have beaten Mayo. It's easy to say Mayo are in decline. It took these teams to show Mayo are in decline. Like, like people were fancying Mayo this year uh, during the league. I remember hearing Paddy Andrews saying he really likes the look of Mayo. But until, um, you know, they hammered Kildare in game seven of the league, had some great wins. But when they when they had to go to the league final, Kerry, and then that was a huge win for Galway um, to beat Mayo in Castlebar. And then the way they've built on it since. I mean, even their, their demolition of, like Leitrim actually were very competitive with them in the first 25 minutes. But uh, the second half, how they put, Leitrim to the cash, um, and then hold the uh, the Riscommon performance because Riscommon again were a team that had beaten them in the league final, and how they improved from that. Like you can see O'Neill all over this team. I mean, they're tackling. Like O'Neill is sometimes not given enough credit for how he helped Mayo. Like Tony Buckley obviously is is well renowned and respected for what he has done with the tackle and, and, and the work he did with Mayo. But as much a quantum leap was done uh, by Mayo in 2012, they were an exceptional tackling team. And a game changer on that was the coaching of O'Neill. Um, so, and you can see Galway now have become, like they turn over that ball. You, you, you saw Derry going right through and they were turning the ball over because Galway were swarming them and able to break retain discipline like Derry did not get freeze the last day and that comes down to control discipline tackling from Galway and that along with Divoli's coaching um, and uh, Tally has done like, it's easy to mention these guys but you can see the tweaking in, in, in Kerry hold the man both the man to man and the collective system and the I suppose the help def defence to use a basketball principle, which O'Neill would be okay from coming from that sport. Um, those principles now are locked down and um, it's been road tested. They both got to the league finals and they now have come through the front door. Um, so yeah, you have to give it to those, those coaches and you have to give it to O'Connor and Joyce for going and identifying those coaches. And now it falls nicely that they're up against uh, teams that they know well. And like, as you mentioned earlier on the show, Kieran, that going back in the first final since 2001, as a Galway supporter, I suppose the emotion and joy there after the full-time whistle was, I suppose, something, I suppose, for people around my own generation that this will stick with us, I suppose, with the hearts that that goal in football has experienced, but like if you're watching the first half of this, like it was not pretty at all. And like I suppose the one worry you would have is like it took Galway 21 minutes to register that first score. Yeah, but it was Derry is a shock to the system. Like there's been a lot of parallels between Derry um and because of the Rory Callagher factor and the way they set up. And, and I always felt that Derry were more Donegal 2011 rather than Donegal 2012. But it's a shock to the system to play that as much yeah. as these teams are experienced and they would have played them in the league. Gal Derry would have evolved and got better 
and more confident in their setup throughout the summer. So it's a shock to the system. I mean, it took, I put it to you this way, if the, if the championship was like the basketball playoffs, I don't think Donegal would have won the 2012 um, All-Ireland because if it was a best of five between Kerry, Cork and Mayo, by game three, they would have been used to it. But game one was such a shock to those teams. They had met nothing like it. And it took the following year for them to be able to adapt to it. So my point is, is Galway took 20 minutes. It was a bit of a shock to it. But then they acclimatised to it. And obviously there being good work done on the training ground. And they figured it out and they stuck at it. And so I wouldn't be worried about that at all. They'll score, they'll score earlier than that against Kerry. Um, while Kerry have become... Um, a more solid defensive setup. It's not quite the same as 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 Derry, so I wouldn't be worried about that. Is is there, is there vulnerabilities to still feel to, for Galway to get at this carry defense? Because like you're looking at the forward line, um, well, ultimately they're keeping four forwards up at most times: Patrick Kelly, Shane Walsh, Damien Comer, Robert Finnerty, and I suppose. They, they are transitioning quick when they do turn over. And it's, it's maybe something they've done better in the second half because they seem to just be too slow and maybe taking that hopper solo um, and transitioning too slow in the opening half. Yeah. Um, they got the balance right, definitely, in the second half. Because, look, you can... When you're playing against um, against the Derry, you have to be careful that you don't rush in. I mean, we're talking about carrying lessons for them. I mean, the mistake they and Mayo made against Tyrone last year was they just went into the spider's web and were turned over and there were scores and the whole Derry system thrives on turnovers. So you could understand why they were going to be patient. There's a balance between, you know, you got to penetrate, you got to penetrate as well, probe, be patient. But, they got they they were they were they were erring too far on the side of caution, and they got that balance right in the second half, um, and like they're they this team can kick the ball when needed, and um, they have serious athleticism. Now Kerry have like the athletic profile of the Kerry team from let's say twenty sixteen or even twenty eighteen is a game changer like we're talking about actually you're talking there about how the camps know each other jason mcgahan is kerry identified right it took them a few years but i i think they're one of the few other setups to do this like dublin identified brian cullen they made him head of snc stroke athletic development kerry made an appointment in jason mcgahan who would have come from he's from Armagh, but would have worked in cork with Keen in, in, in NTU before he's moved on to um, to um, uh, other colleges since. But the point is, is that Kerry team now athletically, like that Kerry were off the likes of Dublin and Mayo. Like you take 2016-17, they weren't quite there. Like, you know, Mayo ultimately had too much for them in 17. Uh, Dublin... Uh, obviously, were the dominant team of that era, and um, they like now they have absolute speed merchants in that backline. Uh, the likes of Tom Sullivan, 
Um, Gavin White is, is, is a possible doubt and they're being stretched now a little bit. There's a couple of reserves like Dylan Casey who obviously had a very good year with Austin Stacks and, and was showing well in the league. He, he's, um, he got injured I think uh, just after the Munster final. So they're a little bit threadbare, but you have someone like Paul Murphy who can slap right in there. Um, so uh, you're talking about two really athletic teams. Um, and I, I would, uh, I, I, I wouldn't say that Kerry are um, particularly vulnerable. I do think they've made strides. Look, Galway have serious firepower, serious firepower. Um, more firepower than any team they've met this year. I mean, I know Cork had, a, had a, the strongest line of Cork now is now their full forward line. But, um, you know, ultimately Cork still, the way they were geared, they, you know, they weren't going to get into a shootout. Uh, they weren't going to hit the 14, 15 score range. Um, this Galway team can hit that and, and, and get a goal or two as well. So um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting. I, I, again, as I said, I, I would have written even after the provincial finals that um, I, I saw nothing to think that um, the All-Ireland would be uh, whoever went, won the Dublin uh, Kerry game. Um, I, I think Galway have closed the gap, but maybe just not quite enough. The thing, though, very well, I suppose, when you look at them, I suppose, in poor choices brain, you'd say Shane Walsh, Sean Kelly, Damien Comer and Paul Comer are the main men, but, like, two men that have stood up for me this year, John Daly and, and Kelly McDade. Well, Kelly McDade has been outstanding. I mean, even in, I mentioned that Leitrim game, as I said, Leitrim were actually in that game for the first half hour, but McDade kicked two or three points from range. Yeah. Which, which a lot of midfielders, which and Conroy kicked some as well. Like actually, there's actually Legion did relatively well on on Comer. Comer had to come out the field, but you you had my point is is they were shots in the locker, and then along like what he did in the Armagh game was just ridiculous. To both the patience he showed for the goal, the equalising point from out on the wing, like. This is a like I mean he's primed for an all star and Conroy was probably the player of the league, so um, like for sure this 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 Galway team I, I just I really like the cut off them athletically technically temperamentally because before you would have felt that Galway the amount of times they've disappointed even for all the strides they made under Kevin just when you were beginning to trust them. They would lose a game like to Roscommon in a Connacht final, or to Tipperary in an All Ireland quarter final, um, or to even Monaghan in a backdoor game, which meant they were on the same side of the draw, or the the Super Eights, which meant they ended up being on the same side of the draw as um, as Dublin in eighteen. Um, then they have a more of a steal of them. I think that's just a collective thing. Uh, I see. I hear that. See that they have Bernard Dunn now involved with the setup. Um, who obviously had experience with um, the dubs as well as obviously being um, the head of the high performance unit with the with the Irish boxing. So um, there is a there is a steelier edge to to Galway for sure. I get the sense you feel Galway have a chance, but just 
just too soon. Yeah, that's yeah. That that is just my instinct. They remind me of a um, of teams that yeah, like you take when the Galway team in '98. That was an exceptional year. With the backdoor had yet to come in at that point. Um, they got a bit of a break that they weren't playing a champion team in the final. You know, if it had been a Meath, um, they were playing in 98. Um, I don't think they necessarily would have won the All-Ireland. Um, uh, and like, I, I but the, so they're, I just think, yeah, it's possibly just a little bit too soon for them. But you know what? You, you can, you take the Galway hurlers, they pushed and pushed and they got over the line in 17. But the following year, they lost to a more experienced team in, um, or they, they, they lost to a more inexperienced team. They were a more experienced team than Limerick. Limerick didn't yeah. buy into this notion. I thought, you know, Limerick were a year too soon um, for them. And, uh, but they, they tore up that script. I just think Kerry are coming in, that Galway team had, were kind of battle weary at that stage uh, from the campaign they had and maybe the, the battles they've been in through the years. Uh, this Kerry team, are, I just think, primed for it. Um, but I'm looking forward to it um, I, I, because I, I do think Galway, um, there's a boldness about them. There's an athleticism. Look, this is an absolute fine team. And as I said, I put it to you this way, um, this may not be the only Kerry Galway final over the next three years. Just finish as well, Kieran. Um, we had the inaugural Talton Cup final between Westmead and Cavan over the weekend. Westmead winning by four uh, points in the end. Um, has the Talton Cup been a success for you? Uh, yeah, it's been brilliant. And in fairness, look, I mean, it hasn't maybe been pointed out. It's happened under Larry McCarthy's beat, but. Um, John Horne was someone whose presidency wouldn't have started off very well or even the first half of it. But you've got to say, um, I suppose we'll decide on, you know, we'll probably have to wait a little bit longer on the split season to decide, has that been a success? I definitely think it was worth trying. That was more a COVID thing. The Talton Cup, you have to say, was his baby. Um, he might have strived for a legacy, but you know what? It's been a worthy legacy. It, it's been worthy of trying, and it's 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 been a success. Um, and you know what? There's something in it that it was Westmead because all along you would have felt that Cavan were skewing it, that they were the outlier, that they that they were basically a Sam Maguire team in light of particularly 2020 uh, Ulster Championship win. But um, the whole Talton Cup has been outstanding. There have been some great occasions, um, some terrific matches throughout it all. Um, so it has been a, a success and it now gives something. I think they I think they did it very well. I wasn't mad about the North-South because if you look at it, the South was more Division 4 and so it meant um, possibly it was a harder route for teams coming from the Northern section. So I wasn't too mad about that and I, I, I think it helps teams that they'll be guaranteed at least three games next year as opposed to just one as it was this year 
But in terms of the games they had straight out the bat in it, and the carrot of Crow Park was huge. I never, um, I, I was skeptical of the skepticism. Let's say there was kind of this, uh, there was this narrative, um, I suppose, peddled that it was disrespectful that it wasn't on the same day as an All-Ireland. Look, it would have been completely overshadowed if it was on the same day and weekend as the All-Ireland. I think they got it at the right time. And I think a big thing that they got right was having the semi-finals in Croke Park because teams right away were able to say, we're only two games, we're only two wins from Croke Park. So the semi-final was a big uh, success as well. So overall, um, uh, you, you know, the J, we, we criticise them, particularly on championship formats and competition structures. Um, but the Talton Cup is something they absolutely got right and they got their first year right. And it was, they got, they got um, matches throughout and particularly a final that was worthy of it. And so, yeah, our, our old friend, a resounding success. And just on Westmead, like, it, it was great to see them get over the line because... I suppose you could see in Ron or two's interview after the game, like they've they haven't had a chance, I suppose, at championship level to to win a trophy in Crow Park because of the domination of Dublin. And I suppose oh, no. as, well, as well there's been I, I think it's overshadowed as well that the tragedy in Westmead in the last uh, two weekends with Keir Martin's clubmate Owen Farrell passed away and then Enda Mulville who played with Gary Castle passed away as well. Yeah, and 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 they marked that right off, which was a nice touch. And yeah, like going back to Westmeath, like there's nothing like what we realised um, to have a trophy and to have that yes moment. I mean, Westmeath have been have been one of those teams that have been yo-yos that played in a lot of D two, D three finals through the years, but it is still only a league. Um, albeit the, um, the, 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 the climax of those is almost getting the promotion the previous week and the final is a bonus whereas this was a championship final and look they've had I mean you, we saw Martin going through getting the goal and it reminded us of they had an absolute brilliant win against Meath in 2015 the first time they've beaten Meath in yeah. 100 plus years but then they went the prize for that was to get pummeled by the dubs um, or you know, they, they they did damage limitation. I think the the first year, and then they or they, they got heavily beaten, and then there was a couple of years where they went damage limitation. But they played Dublin in two or three Leinster finals in a row, and, and you know they were they were all fifteen point games. So uh, yeah, Dublin have been such an outlier and skewed the Leinster championship. Um, to win a Talton Cup, um, is is was the perfect competition for them, and they're a, they're a fine team. And they're a team that, um, you know, I suppose there's a, like you could see, like, would it be beyond? They're, they're a team that could do what Clare did this year and get to an Ireland quarter final, you know, um, if the draw is any bit favourable. Um, so it's given them a platform. And the big thing, and, and they alluded to this, and the big thing the Talton Cup will particularly do next year, to, uh, and it started to do this year, is Teams aren't get to train in the summer. They get to play on hard pitches. You had even Leitrim, who didn't even get to the semi-finals. They got an extra few games. They got to play in front of crowds at home in Carrick and Shannon 
and they got to train on hard summer pitches. They got That's to play on hard summer pitches. Whereas any time those guys have played before has been in February, March, National yeah. League weather. So like how it's brought on a team like that and like Westmead, who, while who have pushed on further into the summer, they got an extra few weeks. They got to play more games in Crow Park in July. It, like the compound advantage, the likes of a Dublin or even the, 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 you know, the traditional Super A teams have got. Westmead now, even in Leinster for next year, have helped been able to close that gap somewhat because they got that extra four or five weeks that they otherwise wouldn't get. So look, it, it, it was, it was, we've got to, we're, we're quick enough to catch the J and rightly so they're not above criticism, but we, you know, it should be pinpointed when they got something right. And you have to give them a nine out of 10 for how with the Talton cup, um, you have to give it to them. And, it, you know, and, and to see those scenes in Westmeath, it, 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 it's fantastic. Um, so that that was a, a huge success. Absolutely, and it was terrifically run the Talton Cup. And congratulations to Westmead and uh, um, champions of Talton Cup, who are now playing the All Ireland Championship after 2023. And um, go, Amy Kerry in the final uh, on July 24th uh, to finish off the championship and to see where Sam McGuire will be returning. But that's all. Uh, on our show, uh, looking back at the action. Uh, Kieran Channon, thanks a million for your time. So, Paul, anytime, man.